It's meant to be opened, explored, pursued. It's made to be read, reread, applied, and used. The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, with wisdom life-changing to lead us on. It's made for guidance to teach us His ways, showing what's true, right, and worthy of praise. It's meant to be hidden deep in our hearts, daily examined as the morning starts. No greater glimpse of God do we have, a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. It's all about you. 
It's all about you, Jesus. We're going back to the heart of worship, where it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. And I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it, because it's all about you. Yes, it's all about you, Jesus. So from my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. From my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. From our hearts to the heavens, Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. So from our hearts to the heavens, Jesus be the center. Because it's all about you. Yes, it's all about you, Jesus. Let's bow our heads. Truly, how many of you know, know that it truly is all about you, Jesus? Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, praise you, love you, honor you, God, appreciate you. All that you are, all that you mean, you are the great awesome God, and there's nobody like you, nobody compares to you. For uh, We are truly grateful for all that you are. Now, God, I'm praying that you would hide me beneath the cross, that you would think through my mind, speak through my mouth, God. Let it be all of you and less of me. Let the people be eternally touched and blessed, God. And truly, let us bring you more than this a song, more than just a sermon, more than just church attendance, God. Let us offer you our lives for you to do what you need to do in and through us. And we thank you for it. And let everybody say, Amen. come on with your Bibles in your hands. Repeating after me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple. Where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. We communicate Christ's love compassionately. Pastor Andre, feed me this word. Now come on and praise the Lord this morning. Ah, uh, you can do better than that. Come on, give God some. Ah. Uh, Cause indeed he's worthy. Anybody know he's a worthy God? He's a good God. He's good all the time, and I'm grateful for him. All right, let's go to Acts 17 and 21. I'll, I'll read this and set us up for this morning. It says, for in him we live. A very familiar passage of scripture that we quote often. It's actually found in Acts 17. For in him we live and move and have our being as certain also of your own poets have said. For we 
are also his offspring, saying that we are the offspring of God. And like I said, we quote that often in him, do we live, move, have our being. So I, I think about the living and the being a lot, but I haven't thought much about the movement. Seemingly that as God comes into our life and we're part of his offspring, it creates or should create a certain amount of movement. And I'll back up and tell you what made me think this, and then we will show you what we're talking about. And so I was actually driving. I'm driving a lot, driving all the time. I'm always, always, always on the road. It's just the life that I live. And when I'm not on the road and I'm on my job, I'm driving on my job. So I'm always, always driving. So I was thinking about how I'm always in movement. I'm always in motion. But then I thought, it's not just vehicles. I've actually been in just about every transportation that you can think of. The major ones, I've been on trains, I've been on planes, I've been on ships, I've been in vehicles, trains, planes, buses, boats, been in just about every way you can transport yourself. I've been on bicycles. I've been on these two feet, these two hush puppies. I've been in movement, been in motion. But when I sit down, my mind is still in motion. My body may be still, but my mind is moving a hundred miles a minute. There's all kinds of things that I have to think about, do, process, focus on. And so I was just thinking that while I was driving and what God spoke to me it kind of arrested me in my thinking. He said, your body is always moving. Your mind is always moving. But does your spirit move at the same rate that your body and your mind does? Made me, made me, made, made me think. And I, I believe the answer for me is yes. But I believe God wanted me to make this clear to us. We are always in some type of movement but sometimes our spirits are stuck while everything else is moving forward. Moving forward in our finances, moving forward in our education, moving forward in relationships, moving forward. Hey, I'm going to Miami and I'm going to Punta Cana and I'm going to the Dominican Republic. I'm going here and there. I'm getting on this cruise. I'm going on this vacation. Nothing wrong with that. that is good to do. But does your spirit get as much travel time as the rest of you? In other words, are you still in the same place spiritually where you were years and years and years ago because you don't give the same attention to your spirit that everything else does, go, does get? My mind is always racing. My body is always moving. Got to be here and there. Got to be at this party. I got to go to this. I got to celebrate that. I got to run here. I got to run there. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's stuff that we have to do. But is your spirit stuck? Does your spirit get any movement? While you're up in the air, does your spirit ever get up in there? Where are we spiritually? And I'm going to be preaching it both spiritually and naturally, but I wanted to throw that out there. Is your spirit on the move? And so if it's not, here's the title of today's sermon, and it's simply this, Get on the Move. How about you just tell somebody, Get on the Move. It's time to get on the move. 
Now, obviously, because of the rat race life that we live in, I'm not really talking about naturally, even though as I preach, I'm going to share some things naturally. But spiritually, get on the move. Let, 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 let me say it this way. Stop wasting time. It's time out for wasting time. It's time to get on the move, get on the spiritual train. They used to sing songs like, this train has left the station. You got to get on the train. You got to get on the glory train. This is not the time to contemplate. This is not the time to wait. This is not the time to wonder. Get on the move. Get, get your spirit on the move. In all the things that you're doing, and all the things that you're planning, and all your strategic plans, you got to make space, create space for your spiritual movement, your spiritual motion. It's time to go forward. It's time to unstuck yourself. I know that's not good grammar, but let me say it again. It's time to unstuck yourself. It's time to get unstuck. It's time to stop going around the same thing over and over and over. It's time to get on the what? Get on the move. Time to move. Because life is not playing with you. Death is still coming. And if you're not ready, you can't blame the preacher with the mic. It's your job to be ready for your dying day. Well, pastor, I don't know when I'm going to die. Don't none of us know when we're going to die. So it's your job to get on the move. So when your dying day comes, I don't have to stand up here and lie about you. I can tell the truth about the life that you live. Get on the move. The devil's on the move. The devil's always busy. Yes, that's what he's supposed to do. So why don't you get busy? You know the devil's busy. The devil's been busy ever since you was in Sunshine Band. You know the devil is busy, so you get busy. Well, I'm trying to Netflix and chill. You can't Netflix and chill all your life. There's things that have to be done. There's people that have to be saved. The gospel needs to be preached. Your, your deliverance is not on anybody at the end of the day but you. Reading a story about a, a young man who had a horrible, horrible life and he ended up being a uh, major player in what they call the Navy SEALs and just, just a total transformation from the life that he lived and the life that he lived wasn't necessarily his fault. He was abused by his Father, and then his mother, his father abused his mother and him, and then his mother escaped and came to Brazil, Indiana. And in Brazil, Indiana, he was a mixed child, and then he dealt with a whole bunch of racism. Life was just horrible for him. But then he looked himself in the mirror and said, "Nobody's coming to save you." He was waiting for the big break. He was waiting for everything to turn around. He had to tell himself, ain't nobody coming to save you. If anything's going to change, he was 300 pounds. He said, if anything's going to change, you're going to have to change. And so he decided, now, now for us, yes, someone is coming to save us. We have a savior. But some of us think inactivity is spiritual. There's some stuff God is not going to do. You can pray for a job all you want, but if you don't get out of your bed and go look for a job, God's not dropping jobs out of the sky. You got to get on the move. Well, he that findeth a wife finds a good thing. I'm waiting on my husband. I'm in my prayer closet waiting on my husband. Well, listen, he can't find you in your prayer closet. 
if your man finds you in your prayer closet, that's called breaking and entering. Don't praise God. Call 911. Because he ain't got no business in your house, in your closet. If you want to be found, you got to get outside where the people are. You got to look good when you're out there. You got to look like your marriage material. You got to practice being a wife while you're at home. You can't be in the closet all day. It's good to pray, but at some point, you got to get on the, the move. I love some of y'all beautiful women, but don't nobody want a woman with a bunch of debt. While you wait and get out of debt. While you wait and fix your credit. While you wait and learn how to cook. While you wait and learn how to change some diapers. While you're waiting, you need to be in some movement. I'm, I could talk to, to the men as well, because men, men is just as trifling and sometimes more. But Deliverance Temple is about 70% women, so I'm talking to y'all. Get on the move. Say it again. Say, get on the move. All right, that's good enough setting up. Let, let, let's go through some definitions of move. Give, give us three definitions. One, go in a specified direction or manner. Change position. I love to travel. But no place I've ever been did I travel when I stayed in my driveway. You got to go to a specified position. You got to make some changes. Let's go to number two. Make progress. Develop in a particular manner or direction. Number three, change or cause to change from one state, opinion, sphere, or activity to another. So what that also means is it's not just physical movement. Sometimes it's mental movement. Your mind needs to move. You need to be reading and studying and researching. We live in the extreme information age, and excuse me for being so crass, it doesn't make sense for you to be as dumb as you are. I, I don't mean to talk about nobody, but there's too much information out there for you to be stuck on stupid. Well, I, I, I don't know how to do it. There's YouTube videos everywhere on everything. See, back, back I, I'm, a, I'm a Gen Xer, so I, I grew up in a time where if you wanted to find something, you had to go through the encyclopedia. You, you, you had to go look through the books. You had to first find out what you were looking for. And if it's in E, if you want energy, you got to look up energy and then cross-reference. Now you have it in the palm of your hand, on your phone. All you got to do is Google stuff. Some of the stuff that you're missing out on is nobody's fault but yours. Well, I, I don't know about all this PPP stuff. Why don't you look it up? Do you have a business? Yes, I have a business. Do you have an EIN number? Yes, you, I have an EIN number. Well, get some of the money that's available. Well, I don't know how to do it. Don't none of us know how to do it. Just try. Get on the move. Nobody's going to do everything for you. When you are adult, you got to stop waiting and expecting on people to do everything for you. Get up and do some stuff for yourself. Well, I'm waiting on God. Too bad God's waiting on you. He done put a bunch of stuff in front of you to grab and do. Now, this type of message is it's for all of us, but it's not necessarily specifically for our elderly people because they don't live their life. They done done. And, and let me tell you something about our elderly people. They will outwork you. Them two folks sitting right up there, they always doing something. When, 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 when you're asking people to uh, come to church, 
If they're late, it's because they didn't pick somebody up and brought them to church. You can't even bring one person to church yourself. They in their 70s, and they picking up people, bringing folk to church. And so, so I, I'm not really talking about them, even though they can benefit from this, this sermon. It's some of us, and excuse me, some of us millennials and Gen Z and all of them. Some of us just lazy. And we want God to fix and do everything without us putting in minimal, putting in any effort or minimal effort. And we want everything to be miraculous. Let me bring it down to brass tacks to you. That just ain't the way life works. It doesn't work like that. All right, all right. I'm the major mad enough. Let me let me move on. Let me give you an acronym for move. I'm gonna put it up. Motion, opportunity, value. Effort. Say it again, and then we'll, we'll do it together on the third one. Motion. Motion. Opportunity. Opportunity. Value. Value. Effort. Effort. One final time for move. Motion. Motion. Opportunity. Opportunity. Value. Value. Effort. Effort. Those are the four points that I'm going to preach from to help us get on the move. Say it again. Get on the move. All right, number one, what we're going to do when we bring up the point, we'll first bring up the definition of it, then we will go to synonyms of it, and then we'll go into the scriptures we have. Number one, motion, the action or process of moving or being moved. Very simple, the action or process of moving or being moved. All right, let's go to motion synonyms. Here's some motion synonyms. Moving, shifting, stirring, progress, passage, passing, Transit, course, flow, going, travel, traveling, mobility. All those things are motion. Now let's go to the book of Psalms. I'm going to start with the book of Psalms. And we're going to go to Psalms 1-1 and I'll have Mother Mitchell read from there. Now, this is something that I've read a lot. It's the very first chapter in the book of Psalms, but it took me a while to see what was really happening in the scripture. So I'm going to have you read it again, read it just a little slower, and then I'm going to show you what it took me years to actually see. All right, so here's the thing that took me a while to catch, took me a while to figure out. There is a progression of motion in that scripture, but it is a digressive progression in motion. It is reverse motion. Blessed is the man that walketh. So the first thing he's doing, he is walking. Whenever you look in the King James, E-T-H, either represents an S plural or it's an I-N-G. So blessed is the man who walketh not, who is not walking where? In the counsel of the ungodly. And then it says, nor standeth. First he's walking, now he's standing. Nor standeth in the uh, way of sinners, nor sitteth. In the seat of the scornful switch so that so that the camera will follow me so I can I can do it. Let's let's see. So first you're walking. Then you're standing. And then unfortunately, you are sitting. 
So what happened to the motion? The motion stopped. You started off in motion and then you regressed. This is what Satan wants to do to every believer. Once we start in God, he wants to get us where we're stopped and we're sitting on the sideline. I don't have to kill you. I don't have to take your life away. Devil, the devil will try to kill you. He's going to try to kill every one of y'all, and he didn't already tried it, and you didn't got through it. So sometimes he ain't got time to kill everybody. All he got to do is render you inactive. You're no longer running. Somebody sang a song, Lord, I'm running, trying to make 100. 99 and a half won't do. Well, you're not running. You're down to walking. Now you're not walking. You're standing. Now you're not even standing. You're sitting. That's what the devil wants to get you to do, to sit you on the sideline. Because then I don't have to worry about you as long as you're not in motion. Here's the thing that we forget. God is omnipresent, which means he can be everywhere at the same time. But the devil is not omnipresent. He cannot be everywhere at the same time. He cannot be in Muncie and Anderson at the same time. So he has to use a host of demons to do what needs to be done. But if you do his job for him, he can save some of his demons and put his demons somewhere else because Andre is doing the work for me. Andre then got depressed and he's going to sit on the sideline for six months. That's six months I can pull my demons away from him because he's going to do the work for me. So we have to get in motion because when I get on the move, that means the devil got to work. He, he, he got to get after it. And if the devil's not bothering you, it's because you ain't doing nothing. I hate to tell, I hate to tell you. But your laziness is giving him a lot of time to relax. I don't want the devil relaxing on my watch. I want him having to think several steps ahead. I, what, what I want the devil to have to do against me, I want him to have to play chess. You know, when you're playing chess, chess is not like checkers. In chess, you have to think several moves ahead to even advance and do anything. If you know anything about chess, checkers, you can kind of move willy-nilly about the board. I don't want the devil moving willy-nilly and then I just fold, just willy-nilly. Oh, my God, my washer broke down. I can't serve the Lord. My washer broke I, I, I need to have a stronger relationship than my washer broke down. I've been going through life with a washer, the dryer, the car, the cat, dog, everything messing up, but I'm still coming to church. I'm still praising God. Because he still died for me, he still arose for me, and all this little trouble I'm going through, I'm not going to let it stop me. I got stuff to do. I'm getting on the move. I can find another washer. I can go do the laundry mat. I don't got time to cry over every little thing where my cable went out. Every time it rains, my cable go out. Well, when you buy a dish, it's going to happen. Go read a book. Stop, stop letting the devil throw you out over every little thing. Get on the move. Get in Motion. Let's go to another verse. Let's go to Psalms 32 and 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should sit. Go. God is about going. The scripture says, go you out into the highways and byways and compel men to come. Do you know when you got saved, the goal was for you to go tell somebody what God has done in your life, but you are so sorry. I'm not meaning you. I'm just saying, just throwing it out there. When you're so sorry, you're not going to go and help nobody else. You are a Christian only to yourself. Nobody else is impacted by your Christianity. In social media, they call it influencers. 
being an influence. In other words, I have influence. I make an impact. Some people don't make an impact on anybody that's around them because they're not in motion. People should look at your life and be inspired when they see you because you never stay the same size. Oh my goodness, you're losing weight. Or, oh my goodness, your, 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 your dress has changed. Oh my goodness, your, your speech is better. You, you seem to be smart. You seem to be doing, you're always on the go. And let me tell you something, young folk, look at some of the adults, the older adults who are, are 60 plus in this ministry who should be sitting around doing nothing and they're on the move. I'm gonna point out just one of them, Sister Ruthie, after her job folds up, she starts a business and now she is is uh, uh, taking care of her finances because she started a business. That means she had to start a business late in life, but she didn't let being dealt a bad hand stop her. She got on the move. And don't you tell me there's no jobs. There are people begging for jobs. People begging folk to work. People begging things, stuff to happen. But we got a bunch of people who don't want to do anything. And it's crept into the church. All right, there's enough of that. And if you know, it's going to be one of them kind of messages all day long. So just put your seatbelt on and say ouch if you can't say amen. But we're going to get on the move, amen? amen. And let, let, let me throw this out there. You s serve in a ministry where your pastor and first lady are not do-nothing people. We are always doing something. Now... I don't move quite as silent as my wife moves. My wife moves in silence. That's why y'all see her at graduating. I'm like, I didn't even know she was in school. She, but she moving. Devin is moving. Sometimes she moves faster than I, than I move. And I'm like, we both need to slow down. But we got stuff that has to be done. We got kids that need to be raised. We got businesses that need to be done. We got... Uh, uh, we got decisions that need to be made. Yes, we like Netflix, but we sometimes just don't have time for it. Just, let, let me just give you something uh, on, on a normal day. When I, when I say a normal day, my day starts about 1030 at work. From the time I clock in at 1030 at work by, to the time that I have clocked out in the morning, normally on the average day, I've been in nine different conversations outside of the job. That means either people are calling me, texting me, or inboxing me, and normally it's about advice or wanting to be listened to. So at least nine conversations, that has nothing to do with what I'm doing on my job. Then I have to do my eight-hour job, and while I'm on my eight-hour job, I make sure that I'm reading a Bible and I'm also reading another book. So I read 66 books every single year, which is the Bible, as well as I read another 20, 30 books. So I have audio books, I have other books that I read. I don't have time to be wasting time. I'm doing a whole lot. And then when I get home, I need to take my children to school. So when I get home, there's no resting. Take your babies to school. And then when I come home from that and I don't get right into bed, I start working on church work. And then sometimes I have board meetings. I got stuff that I'm doing. So if your pastor ain't lazy, why are you so lazy? Then my wife, in the same breath, when I'm coming home, she's going to the daycare to work from 7.30 all the way to 5.15 p.m. And then come home. I'm not a cooker, so come home trying to cook, make sure the people are fed, and then doing schoolwork and then doing church work. Do you mean, yes, we're going to be blessed, but we're going to be blessed because we got on the move. Do we like Facebook? Yes, we like Facebook. I'm on Facebook all the time, but I make sure I have enough time for Facebook. Facebook will not take care of time when I need to be paying my bills. 
I'm not going to get fired from my job trying to go to the Dominican Republic. I put things in order. I prioritize things so that I can be on the move. This stuff does not happen by happenstance. It is chess. It's planned out. It's strategic. And if you want to be blessed in this day and age, it's not going to be luck. You're going to have to work at it, and you're going to have to get on the move. And in the midst of all that, I'm starting a third book. But hey, one of these things are going to break, and I'm going to be blessed beyond measure. But I'm not just coming to the altar talking about, oh, Lord, bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory. I'm going to say that, but I'm going to put some work behind it. So, God, I don't know where you're going to bless, but I'm going to put a whole bunch of stuff out there so you can bless in every way. I don't know much about the roulette table, but I know they got a bunch of numbers. And if you if you want to win, bet on a bunch of numbers. Bet on as much of stuff as you can. I, I, look, at, I, I'm betting on me, and I'm working and putting myself out there as much as I can because something's going to break. And here's the thing that's going to happen. When something really breaks for me, you know what folks are going to say? That pastor taking the money from the church. Baby, this didn't come from the church. No, no, I worked for this. I got on the move for this. And is it stressful? Yes. Do I have more grades than I had before Before I started? Yes, I do. But my kids should not have to suffer. I try to make sure my kids go first. Look, another example, because I'm planning in my mind to be global. I've always planned to be go global. Somebody says, God told me he's going to send me around the world. You ain't even got a passport. How far can God really send you? Do the work. So I have a passport. I had to make sure it was renewed. I have been able to preach in different places. But I also have something called global entry, which will make it when I get back into customs that everything will go smooth. So I took care of that uh, at the beginning of 2020, January 2020. I took care of that. But then the pandemic happened. Everything was behind. And I still don't have that taken care of. Have an opportunity to get it taken care of. Tomorrow in Chicago, got to be in Chicago at 10.30 a.m. So it means I'm going to have to leave here at 6 a.m. My kids don't go back to school till Thursday. I happen to be off for of work tomorrow. So I decided I'm going to take my sons with me. I'm going to make a trip out of it. I'm going to go to Chicago to do business. But I'm also going to be a father and have fun with them too. Listen, you got to learn how to put things together. You got to learn how to do what you got to do. Sometimes your hands are full, but you got to do everything you can to make sure Nothing falls. When, you, when, you, when you're on the move, listen, everybody's not going to get the same attention. But what you got to make sure is when you are in their presence, they feel like you give them everything you can when you can. But baby, my, my daughter, she asked me every night, you got to go to work. I'm like, a lot. I have to go to work every night. But what she's asking me is, can you play with me? And the other, other, other day, the, the, my wife and, and boys were gone, and so it was just me and her. I was like, baby, I'm going to go to sleep, and then your mom and them will be, be back before we leave. She says, what if they don't get back before you got to go to work? I was like, Alana, they will be back. What Alana was saying is, you spend some time with me. So I go in there, and I get in the bed, roll over, and about 10 minutes later, the door pops open. And Alana walks in the room, daddy, you sleep? So I was like, I like, no, let's play. And, and, and I played with her, but in her mind, just give me a little time. 
I, I, I don't need all your time, but that goes a long way. That, that might keep her from dancing on the pole 10 years down the road that I took an hour and gave her some time. It's important. We got a lot of stuff to do, but you can't let stuff drop just because, oh, it's too hard. It's supposed to be hard, but get on the move. At least leads me to, to point number two, uh, taking longer than what I thought, but I think this is good information for you. Point number two, opportunity, which is a set of circumstances that makes it possible to do something. Let's give you synonyms of opportunity. Opportunity synonyms, synonyms, chance, good time, golden opportunity, favorable time, moment, right set of circumstances, appropriate occasion, opportune opening, window of opportunity. Let me say this to you. God does not have to, even though he's a God of a second chance, he does not have to bring an opportunity to you a second time around. Some opportunities will only come once and you got to be ready for the opportunity. You got to be prepared for the opportunity. Listen, things are happening. The world is changing. We don't know what the world is going to do. Things are changing. You got to learn how to get on the move. My job, General Motors, they have a goal by 2030. That means they only have nine years to get it done. Every one of the cars that they sell, they want them to be electric only. They don't want any more gas cars. That seems unfathomable. But here's the thing that they tell us. They tell us that when Steve Jobs brought out the iPhone, nobody thought that you would be doing email on your phone. But he brings it out in 2007. By 2010, everybody is changing. The world can change in a moment, in a second. You have to be prepared because an opportunity might come that will bless your socks off. But if you're not prepared, you're going to miss it. So you got to be in motion and you got to be prepared for the opportunity. Let's go to Ephesians. The book of Ephesians. And let's go to Ephesians 5, 15 through 16. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Let's look at verse 17. All right, I'm, I'm going to turn a, a, a corner real quick and just, just explain something to you. In the NIV, it says, uh, redeem the time because you don't have time to be lazy. That's basically what it says. It, listen, listen, opportunity is coming. You don't have time to be lazy. And so I, I, I have told you and, and, and been honest and confessed to you that I will have a glass of wine every now and then. It's not something I depend on. It's just that I, actually it started with... Uh, 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 some heart palpitations. They talked about red wine was good, and I hadn't drank in 20-something years, and I started small. But one thing I'm not going to be doing, I'm not going to be getting no Morgan David, no old granddad. I don't have whiskey. Listen, I feel okay with a glass of wine here and there, but I know what I came out of, and I don't have time to go back into it. I'm not a weed smoker, so if they, they say that, listen, we can smoke weed in Indiana, I'm not going to do that because I just don't think I have time for it. But look, look at what the scripture said. There's a scripture that we always would quote in church when they didn't want people to drink. They would always quote. But look at what it's coupled with. It's coupled with the idea of redeeming the time, opportunity. Now let's go to verse 18. Here's the real revelation is some of that parting you're doing is going to make you miss some opportunities. 
The reason why I don't want you filled with wine and drunk to excessiveness and rather be filled with the spirit because the spirit has you sober to grab hold of things. There are people who miss opportunities because they relax too much. It's okay to relax. I understand you're stressed out. You need to relax, but some of y'all relax too much and you miss opportunities. Some of our young men, all they want to do is smoke weed. I mean, that's all they want to do. You too broke to be smoking weed. You need a job. You, you, you need a consistent job. I understand maybe you need it for your nerves, but baby, you need some work. And the weed ain't free. Not that I know. I haven't tried it, but I don't think the weed is free. So you don't have a job. You run around hand to mouth, you, you, you barely can eat, you're wasting away, but you got to make sure you got your weed. So the Bible says don't be in excess with that stuff. I'm not trying to down you if you've done it here and there, but you have to let the spirit lead you. You need some sobriety in your life because opportunities are coming and you can't miss some of these opportunities. And yes, well, the church ain't supposed to judge. No, we don't judge you. You smell like weed. We don't judge you. We love you. I hug you smell like weed. But the person you interviewing with, they might judge you. And it's their job to judge you because they can hire you or fire you. And if you go in there with your eyes bloodshot red, they have a right to throw your application in the trash. You can't say only God can judge me. Tupac said that. The Bible didn't say that. Folk will judge you. And since you know folk are judging you, govern yourself accordingly. Get some sobriety in your life. You can't afford. You just can't afford to go through life always easing the pain. Now, here's the thing. I know a lot of people have gone through stuff, I mean, troublesome stuff. So that's why they medicate themselves. But let me tell y'all, church folk, you can't afford to medicate your life to the point where you're missing opportunities. You need to learn how to praise your way through some stuff. Tell the weed man, I ain't got time for you. I'm praising my way. I need a month, two months, three months off for you. I need to back away from some stuff because there are opportunities that are coming my way and I want to be sober so that I can receive the opportunity. But then, then, then Ephesians 5.19 says this. Read that. There's a way to still get high without getting high the way they get high. See, see, if you get that word down on the inside of you, it, 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 excuse the way I do it, but if you get that praise down on the inside of you, if you get some of that word down on the inside of you, when you're about to go crazy, you can speak to yourself. See, 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 they say you're crazy if you talk to yourself. I say you're crazy if you don't talk to yourself. But you talk to yourself in songs and hymns and spiritual songs and, and speaking the word to yourself and telling yourself, Andre, pull yourself together. We, we're not going to miss this opportunity. We're not going to blow this. No, no, mind, come down. Mind, regulate yourself. Mind, have some peace. I will not be confused today. I, I, will, I will not be angry today. God, I, I believe God come over my head. If I got to sing, I'm going to sing. If I got to confess, I'm going to confess. I might speak in tongues in the middle of the grocery store, but don't bother me. I'm doing what I got to do to keep myself together because opportunity is coming and I want to be ready for every opportunity. You can have your weed. I'm going to use my word. Thy word have I hid in my heart. 
that I might not sin against thee. I, I need the word. I, I, I need that, That's something I want to overdose on. And it's them 66 books of the word. I want the word in me so much that when I'm laying on the operating table, they'll find me mumbling the word. I want the word so much that when the car goes off the road, I'll start speaking the word of God. I want the word of God in me that'll keep me rooted and grounded and solid. Because when I'm on the move, I can't lose my life. So I need the word now if I go to eat after service and I see you with a glass of wine I'm not judging you I'm not judging you at all you do you but let me warn you some of the stuff you're doing is excessive and it's not good for you and you need to pull yourself together no I'm not going to throw a rule book over your head but you know when you done done too much pastor is this a scene if you got to ask me you already know it's wrong no you know Dial yourself back from that. Some of it is just push yourself back from the plate. You're eating too much. You're gossiping too much. You're talking too much. Some of y'all love some real housewives, and you're not a real housewife yourself. How about you work on being a real housewife and get out of the television and learn how you're doing stuff, and it's excessive, and you need to pull yourself in so you can get where you need to go. Why? Because we need to be on the move. It's tight, but it's right. Let's go to number three. The point is this value. The regard that something is held to deserve, the importance, worth, or usefulness of something. The reason why we're bringing this up, because the way you move shows me what you value. Now let's go back to the whole weed smoking thing. If you have more weed than you have word, you value weed more than you value word. Now, now I'm not here to judge you. But maybe if your life's not working, maybe you need to switch that and get in more word and less weed. Doesn't that seem like that makes more sense? So what you value shows you what's important to you. And many of us are moving, but we're moving with a wrong set of values. We value everything but what is actually important. We value looking rich more than being rich. So I'll break myself and go in debt to look wealthy and not be wealthy. What I've learned about people who are really wealthy, you don't even hardly know they're wealthy because they're not trying to impress anybody. They are building their wealth. Now, as African-American people, oftentimes we've been pushed down so long, we've been told that, that we have to look a certain way or fake it till you make it. It's time out for faking it. It's time for us to have some real, enduring, lasting wealth. And you know what? A simple place to start that'll help your family is life insurance. I heard Bishop Jakes talk about a man who had suits and gaiters that match every suit. But when he died, they couldn't figure out how to bury the man. He was a preacher. They couldn't figure out how to bury him. They're going to have to sell all them suits and all them gaiters because he didn't have life insurance. You don't have time to buy every Jordan that comes out. And when you die, your family is going to be left in a mess. No, start in the simple things. And no, no, it's not flashy and it's not cute because you're saying, I want somebody to have money when I go. Nobody wants to think that far ahead. Head, but listen, we got to start with the simple things. We have to value real wealth, and real wealth is not just what you put on. Amen. And I like to dress. You can tell I like to dress, but you better believe if something happened to me tomorrow, the Lady Devil's not going to be scrounging because I've put some stuff in place. 
and let me tell on myself I'm, I've, I've been lazy in one area because I just I tried it and I couldn't figure it out and I haven't restarted and I've been procrastinating. I don't have a wheel yet. And my job, you get a free wheel. And so I, several years ago, I tried to go do the wheel and ask all these questions, and then I ended up forgetting, and it's been 10 years, and I don't have a wheel. Before this year's over, I'm working on a wheel. I'm going to start doing what's important. I don't need another tie. I don't need another shoe until I put some things important. I need to value the right things. Get on the move and get some proper values. Let's, let's go to some synonyms here. Move on. I'm preaching better than y'all letting on, but I believe y'all eating it up and enjoying it. (laughs) Worth, usefulness, desirability, benefit, gain, profit, assistance, effectiveness, importance, significance. Now let's go to the book of Matthew. Matthew 16 and 26. Let's bring it down to spirituality. Let's talk even beyond uh, life insurance. Let's just talk, let let me come down for a second. Let's let's just be be honest. Um, At the end of the day, you can't take none of it with you. So you're working to pay your bills. That that, that makes sense. I understand you got to pay your bills. But all the stuff you're doing, you're doing all that and you don't have your soul taken care of, you're wasting time. You need to get on the move where your soul is concerned. And maybe I'm, I'm preaching to the choir because y'all at church. So let me look in TV land. You, 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 you spending too much money on stuff that doesn't matter. And you don't know if you died. You don't know where you would spend eternity. You need to get on the move on spiritual things. You don't need another vacation till you know, does God know me by name and do I know him by name? Get off the plane, get off the bus, get off the bike and go somewhere and get yourself together with God because that's the most important thing in the world. Because when you breathe your last breath here, this is not really your last day. You go to another day and I don't know where you're going to go. So you, it, what does it profit to gain the whole world and lose your soul? I don't, talk, I don't talk about it a whole lot here because if you're here, I assume you already understand and you already know the importance of working on your soul salvation. But let me bring it back. It is important. It's important to know God for real, not just so the pastor can think you are a good person and so mama and grandma will stop bothering me. No, no, you need to know God for real. I like the old song we say, it's me. It's me, it's me, oh Lord. And I'm standing in the need of prayer. It's not my mother, it's not my father, not my sister, not my brother. It's me. I'm the one who needs delivered. And at the end of the day, let me turn it on me. It doesn't make sense for me to preach you and I go to hell myself. Well, well, they've told me that maybe their, their hell isn't really real. Okay, maybe it isn't. Let's, let, let me just tell you this. You're going to go through hell on earth. Whether here or there, I, I, you can, if you convince me that there is no hell, I still want God right now. I can't live without him. I am crazy without him, and you crazy without him. Even if I can prove to you there is no hell, you still need God right now because you're lost, you're crazy, your mind is mixed up, and if you don't have God, you will go crazy. 
There are people who are slitting their wrists now for what they're going through. And you could be next. So we ain't even got to put it off to heaven and hell. We can talk about right now. You need help in your soul. So put some effort and some energy and value into what's most important. And that's a relationship with God. There's nothing more important than a relationship with God. Well, I need a man. Yeah, you do. You need a man named Jesus right now. That's what you need right now. The other man can come, but right now you need a man named Jesus. And I need a man named Jesus. Well, Jesus ain't his real name. Listen, Yeshua, I, look, call him whatever you need to call him, but I need him. Whether it's Yeshua, Hamashiach, or Jesus, whatever, pick whatever name you want to call him, but I need him. And so do you. So put value there. Let's, let's, let's read uh, Matthew 13 and 44. Look at how he valued something. And Jesus said the kingdom of God is like this. He found a treasure in a field. And the first thing he realized is everything I have is not more important than the treasure I just found. He said, I got a treasure in Jesus. And I'll give up everything to have Jesus. I love my babies and I love my wife. But they're not more important than my Savior. And listen, if I got to disappoint them to make God happy, guess who's going to be happy? I'm going to make God happy because at the end of the day, he is holding my breath. I'm breathing his breath. I'm breathing borrowed breath. And there's nobody important, including all of y'all with y'all cute, fine self. None of y'all are more important than my Jesus. And please don't make your pastor more important than your God. I am not that important for you to think more about me than you think about your God. Ooh, I can't cuss around pastor. But you cuss around God. Who am I? No, I'm nobody. You need to be worried about God. That's the most important. Let's continue to read. All right, we, we, uh, that, that's good. Let's go to the next point. That's, that's good. It just, it just, Jesus just kept making that same point, the point that, listen, the, if, if you value the kingdom, you'll give everything for it. And so that, that's enough. And the reason why it's enough, y'all here. Y'all do value at some point. Some people don't value it, but, but I, I give you credit. Look, S Sister Reba couldn't be here for weeks on end, and it, it bothered her more than it bothered, bothered us. She, she wanted to be back because she values what she gets here. People value it. There's folk online. If, listen, we had some technical difficulties, and we didn't go online as quick as we normally did, and some people was waiting, worrying, because they value it. But there's other people that don't value it, and their life is in trouble and they think that we can somehow, with a magic wand, fix all their trouble. I can't fix it if you don't value this. Amen. Let, let, let me just throw this out there since we talked about school. Some of our young people, their answer is in their education. But if they don't value the education, I, I can't, can't, fix, can't, can't, fix, can't fix it. So some of them, all they think about is their athletics. There are people who make it to the NBA in two years, they're out the NBA, but then they don't have an education to sustain the money that they got. Just getting there is not good enough. If you don't value your education, it's hard for us to, to carry you through life if you don't value what's important. 
Oh, well, that's enough of that. I don't want to get y'all in trouble this morning. I mean, the young, the, the young, uh, the young folk back there. I don't want to get y'all in trouble. But you got to value what's important. All right, let's let's finish this off with effort. Effort, a vigorous or determined attempt. Here's some effort synonyms, and then we'll be able to uh, close with our last set of scriptures. Exertion, force, power, energy. Wait a second, lazy is nowhere in here. Inactivity is nowhere in here. Let me, let me throw this out here. Inactivity is demonic. They say, this is not a scripture, but they say an idle mind is what? The devil's workshop. So exertion, force, power, energy, work, muscle, application, labor, the sweat of one's brow, striving, endeavor, struggle. Pastor, I'm always struggling. Some, it's, it's supposed to be a struggle. If, if you're a single mother with seven kids, you, you're going to struggle, sweetheart. We, it's going to happen. But you, can, but you can raise them to the best of your abilities. The one thing you can't do is cry about it all the time. You didn't cry about it when you kept getting into bed. So you can't cry about it now. We're going to help you. We're going to pull you on through. And we'll give you a shower for all seven of them babies. But it's time out for crying. Raise them babies to the best of your ability. Come on, it's, it's, time, it's time to move. Ain't nobody fussing at you because you had sex. Look, everybody been having sex. It's okay. Come on, but we ain't got time to cry about it either. We got to get on the move. Get them seven babies and bring them to church. Where they make noise. Look, all the babies make noise. Bring them babies to church. Come, come on, so we can get on the move. We ain't got time to worry about what happened in the past. The past is the past, but it's time to move. But it's going to cost you some effort. Yes, it costs you to get seven babies ready for church. Yes, it costs. But you can start on Saturday. You can start on Friday. Because when you want to go to Kings Island, you figure out a way to get all them seven babies ready. And Kings Island ain't free. Church is free. You, 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 no, come on. If you value it and you put the effort behind it, you can do all kinds of stuff. So put the effort behind it. Let's go to Proverbs. Let's go to Proverbs 6, 6. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. Think I'm being tough? Listen, Solomon was tough. Go to the ant, you lazy person, you sluggard. Why don't you look at the ant? As minuscule as the ant is, you can't stop the ant from working. Have a picnic and see what them ants drive you crazy. You have a piece of celery, and it, and it was here, and then it moved over there. And they done got an army of them, and they'll move your food. Listen, drop anything. They, they get on the move. Why? Because their existence depends on it. They don't know when somebody's going to step on them, so they get on the move. They'll come in your house. They'll do all kinds of stuff. Listen, because they, they know how to move. And they say, why don't you think about how the ant works? As minuscule and as nothing as the ant is, you can't stop it from working. All right, let's go to verse 7. Well, I don't have nobody to show me the way. Well, neither does the ant, but it get, make sure it gets done. 6 8, Proverbs 6 8. Yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. Mm. So, in one season, it's working for the other season. Let, let me talk to you, single mothers, just for, for a, a second that may not have support systems. Do you, you, you understand that at the end of winter, winter clothes go on sale? So, with, maybe your baby didn't have enough clothes for this winter, but 
when that winter starts going down, them winter clothes go on sale, buy them. Well, they might, by the time it comes around, they, they, not, they might have grown out of them. Buy a bigger size. But prepare. You can't wait till the time comes. Prepare. I don't want to see you with a $300 hairdo and your baby don't have a coat in the winter. And let me, let, let me leave the women for a minute and talk to the men. You got all these shoes. You got all these sneakers. You call yourself a sneakerhead. What about your child support? What about making sure your baby don't go sick and cold in the winter doing what's necessary? You lazy men that'll lay up with women, but they won't support the women you lay up with. That's wrong. Put some skin in the game. Come on. She shouldn't have to beg for it, and the court shouldn't have, have to uh, make them do it. Now, let me jump. I don't even know why I'm getting on this. Maybe it's somebody out there in TV land. I know it ain't none of y'all, but, but let me jump on this. Now, if he had been sliding you money the, under the table the whole time, don't get mad at him and take him to court and say he ain't done nothing. And you know he has been given. Stop playing games. Listen, it's about the children. Let's do what's right for the children. Let's look at the ant. Let's put some effort. Whatever it takes, we can be better than what we've been if we just put the effort in and get on the move. All right. I got to get out of here. So let's go to Proverbs 6, 9. How many Netflix shows you going to watch? And you're broke. First of all, you're watching somebody's Netflix that ain't even in your name. You're using somebody else's account. How about you go find a job so you can buy your own stuff? <laughs> and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with sharing, but some folk are just lazy. And then you can't even watch your stuff because they're all in your account. How about, do you ever leave the house? Now, understand the pandemic, we all was in, but you still acting like you, we all shut down. No, get outside and do something. Good night. Man, I just can't do nothing. You, you, you got some charcoal, you got an old grill, start selling uh, a $2.50 hamburgers. Do something. All right, let's, let, let's, let's move on. I, I got to get on. Proverbs 13 and 4. Proverbs 10, 4. Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Let's go to Thessalonians, and we're going to close from this passage of Scripture. Let's go 2 Thessalonians 3 and 7. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you. This is what Paul was saying. He's saying, look at your leadership. If your leadership is lazy and idle then you have an excuse. But if you don't have lazy leaders, if you have leaders that are on the move, you need to be on the move. Let's look at verse 8. Nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling, so that we would not be a burden to any of you. Let me point that last portion out, that we won't be a burden to any of you. Both my, let me go all the way back, both the founder of this church, Bishop Jimmy Clark Sr., my father, and myself can have taken more from this church than what we have taken. But we don't want to be a burden to people, so we work. 
We do extra so that we, so we can invest back into the ministry. And Paul said the same thing. And we didn't want to be a burden to you. We're not being leeches. Some leaders are nothing but leeches. They ain't leaders. They're leeches. They want an anniversary even when the year ain't passed. They want something. They want a special offering every day. No, no, we're not. We're not trying to burden people. Y'all not here to serve us and make us so we can put our feet up and not do anything. No, we are in ministry together. We're here to serve y'all. So sometimes that means we got to take less money. Sometimes we have to do less. There comes a time when we can receive and do, but the majority of the time we should be giving back to the ministry, not sucking up and stop being them Christians that's always begging, no work, no do something. And, and we don't want to be a church that has a building fund for 100 years and you ain't built nothing. Well, just put some money in the building fund. Build something before you take up another offering. We got seven offerings. For What? The roof falling in, the, we ain't got no air, and you taking up offerings? No, no, no. We don't want to be a burden, so we don't operate like that. Let's look at verse 9. We want to offer ourselves as servants so that you can be servants as well. Verse 10. This is where we get that saying, if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. Listen, we, we all have to get on the move and do something. And what I'm talking about is eating the blessings. And, and, and I, I got to say this. I'm going a little longer than what I wanted. But I have to say this. The Lord spoke to me not too long after our, uh, the, when you guys celebrated my birthday and anniversary. He said that Deliverance Temple is going to move into a season of miracles. A season of miracles. And then, uh, I won't tell you everything you said, but some of them are going to be financial miracles. So I'm telling you this now because not everybody's going to eat of these miracles. Some stuff is going to happen, and some people are going to be mad thinking that God skipped over them, but they didn't get on the move. So I'm telling you that some of y'all are, because you didn't work, you're not going to be able to eat. But let me throw this out there. Before the miracles come, you can still got time to get on the move. Get on the move, but I'm talking about there's going to be some blessings that are not going to make sense. Some, some people are already in the midst of them, and I'll let them tell their own testimony. Some things are already happening. Things are changing and happening for people already, but there's more to come. Miraculous things that's going to make us shake our head and say, man, God did that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not on the way. It's here. We're in the season right now, but if you, didn't, if you weren't on the move, you might miss out. But if I was you, I'd leave here right now, ask God for forgiveness, and God said, let me get on, on these miracles. Let me get on the move right now. And here's one way you can do it, and this is where we're going to close. This is one easy, easy, easy way to do it, and this is what church people love to do, and you're going to have to do the opposite of what this says. Let's look at verse uh, 11. I'm going to bring it up. One of the biggest issues with church folk, they're not busy doing the work of the Lord. They're busy being busy bodies. 
They know everybody's business, but they won't do no business of their own. Deliverance Temple, don't you dare be one of those gossiping, sitting on the porch. Let me jump on y'all elderly folk for, for just a second that, that, I, that I talked so good about. This ain't the time to get on your porch drinking tea, talking about everybody, running everybody down. No, pray for folk. No, we don't have time for no busybodies causing mess and junk in the church. It's time to get on the move. Motion, opportunity, value, and effort. Come on, let's stand to our feet. All right, that's that. I, I, I was fussing, but I wasn't fussing at y'all. Y'all, y'all already on the move. It's for the folks who are gonna watch it later on. But this is our season. This is our time. And let's let's do it. Let's let's bow our heads, dear gracious heavenly Father. We thank you and praise you, God. Even as uh, things are shifting and changing in this ministry, even in our the way we do our video and our live stream and how we're continuing to upgrade, God. You are upgrading our lives. You told me to build a state-of-the-art ministry in the hood for the purpose that the people that come in here, their spirits would be state-of-the-art. And so, God, I curse the lazy, procrastinating, want somebody to do it all for them spirit. But I usher in a spirit of people who are on the move, God. I thank you for the businesses that'll pop up, the relationships that'll pop up, God, the wealth that'll pop up, the ideas that'll pop up. I thank you for the miracles that are going to happen. But God, we have a mindset of being on the move and a mindset of service. We will not be people in this city who expect to be served without us getting out and doing the work and making an impact and an influence in our community. I thank you for every person under the sound of my voice, both in the building as well as through the airwaves, God, who has the mindset of doing something huge for you. God, do it through them so that we can all collectively say this is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. And I also say that I will not be the only author in this church. I thank you for writers who will write, God. I thank you for people who will have music out and CDs out, God. I thank you for people who are acting movies, God. I thank you for bringing all kinds of things into this ministry for your glory. Now, God, if there's anybody here as well as listening that does not know you in the pardon of their sins, like you told us, what does it profit to gain the whole world and lose your soul? God, I pray, you pray that not one soul would be lost that could have been won. Just as we pulled up on the lot, we've seen a death in our neighborhood and death is coming all the time. So, God, I pray that the people would be ready. So have them say these words, Father God, come into my heart, come into my life, save me from my sin. And I'll get on the move for you. In Jesus' name, amen.